unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my to say the books of the Bible loud and clear and together. You ready? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Rit, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Solomon, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Luke, Acts, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 1 John, 3 John, Jude, and Revelation. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me. 
God made the soul more beautiful for me. What is our theme verse for this year? Philippians what? Y'all remember? Philippians 4.13 that's singing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. One more time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. Yeah, there's some harmony out there. Wow. All right, what's the key verse of authority in the Bible? I want you to forget this. Colossians 3, 17. Good. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord. All right, if I say here, you say? Good. If I say believe, you say what? Okay, where'd my phone go? Did y'all got it? Huh? Where? You hit it? I just need to see my time, so I, I, I don't want to mess up my time. All right, let me start all over. If I say here, you say? Believe. Repent. Confess. Be baptized. 38. Live faithful. 2 and 10. Alright, let's do it with the songs of the verses, alright? If I say here, you say? Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. Believe. Okay, let's say it again. Believe. If you do not believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. Repent. Luke 13, 3. 13, 3. Luke 13 what? 3. 3. I tell you no, unless you repent, you will perish. Okay. Hear, believe, repent, confess. Acts 8, 37. Okay. And Philip said to... No, 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 no. Philip said, if you believe. Philip said, if you believe. Philip said, if you believe. With all of your heart you may. The eunuch answered, yes, I believe. The eunuch answered, yes, I believe. The eunuch answered, yes, I believe. That Jesus Christ is the Son of God. All right, be baptized. Okay. And Peter said to them, to them, to them... Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized. Be baptized in the name of the name of the name of. Be baptized in the name of the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission, remission, remission. For the remission, remission of sins. And you'll receive, receive, receive. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then live faithful. Revelation 2.10. See, I want y'all to be able to just pop these things off, all right? Revelation, uh, live faithful. Revelation 2.10. Okay. Be faithful, be faithful, be faithful unto death, and I, and I will give you a crown of life. Okay? Excellent. Now let's do the shorter version. Ready? Got your hand there? Let's take your hand. 
Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized in the water. Rise up again to walk, trust and live like you are. One more time. Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized in the water. Rise up again to walk, trust and live like you are. Remember, you can get a trophy for learning these things, all right? Now, how many elders do we have here? Four. 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 Y'all know who they are? You better. Boone Bull has four elders. They're good men, as you'll see. There's Jim Estes, Larry Morgan, and Buster Green. Don't forget Tommy, Farrah, too. These are our four elders, and the shepherds, too. That's great. I gave y'all a sheet of the judges here. I didn't get you one? Has everybody got one of these? Yes. Somebody, uh, well, I'll get you one, all right, in a minute. All right, y'all want some of these handouts? Don't, you're welcome to them. I just thought I'd write down the, just say them first, all right? We'll go, we'll go across each line. There's Othniel, Ehud, Shamgar, Deborah, Gideon, Abimelech, Tola, Jer, Jephthah, Isban, Elon, Abdon, Samson, Eli, Samuel. Now let's sing the song. God set judges over Israel, one brave woman, 14 men. They helped Israel fight their battles, led them back to God from sin. Othniel, Elud, Shemgar, Deborah, Gideon, Abimelech, Tola, Jer, Jephthah, Isban, Elon, Abdon, Samson, Eli, Samuel. One more time. Faster? Okay. God set judges over Israel, one brave woman, 14 men. They helped Israel. Led them back to God from sin. Othniel, Ehud, Shemgar, Deborah, Gideon, Abimelech, Tola, Jer, Jephthah, Isban, Elon, Abdon, Samson, Eli, Samuel. Fantastic. That's great. All right. I want to sing one more song before we get our questions. There's a verse in the Bible that we need to remember and that we can sing about that talks about how you can trust God in all situations that you face in life. Proverbs 3. Five and six. Don't forget that. Let's sing a song about it, alright? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your steps. Alright, let's sing it again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your steps. Excellent, excellent. Alright, let's close out with our questions, alright? I want y'all to tell me what true success in life is. Living your life and going to heaven. This life is over. Let's try that again. What's true success in life? Living your life and going to heaven. This life is over. That's good. It's success to say that together. Y'all did it. All right. What's true failure in life? Living your life and going to heaven. This life is over. You're not supposed to be happy about that, okay? All right. What's God's ideal for marriage? One man, one woman for life. Okay, one man. Say it again. What's God's ideal for marriage? One man, one woman for life. Now, why were you made? To glorify God. Say it. Why were you made? To glorify God. And because God made you, what does that mean? You're special. You are special. But because God made you, what does that mean? I am special. That I is very, very important. I am special. All right, tomorrow's Monday. How many is ready for school? Saturday night?
is always right, wrong is always wrong, it's never right to do wrong, and it's never wrong to do right. That's right because the Bible is right. Excellent. Let's close out with our closing song, alright? One, two, three. 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 We don't have time to sing it again. One, two, three. Jesus loves me. One and two. Three and four. He loves you more. More than you ever been loved before. Five, six, seven. Eight and nine. Now we sung right up to ten. We don't have time to sing it again. All right. Uh, Y'all did a great job tonight. Before we go to our classes, I got a couple of announcements to make. And, of course, we want to continue to uh, remember all those who are sick. There's a lot of people that are facing various kinds of health issues. So we want to remember all those in our prayers and try to encourage them. As far as some points of emphasis, uh, the Lads to Leaders Keepers, you'll be meeting this coming Saturday, February the 5th, You'll meet in the TAC room at 9 a.m. This is for grades 3 through 12. And if you're going to be participating in Keepers, it's very important that you sign the sheet in the foyer. And if you've got any more questions about that, you can see Lauren Brumley. Now, that's all the announcements that I'm going to make tonight. But before we go to class tonight, I'm going to ask Kevin Brumley, if he will, to come and lead our prayer. Bow with me, please. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you for all that you do for us, Father. Thank you for these children and what they mean to each of us. Father, please always continue to be with us, guide us, and watch over us. May all that we do glorify you, and may we always be a light shining for your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
lesson in this uh, series on Joshua. I do appreciate Brother Rick Warner's help in reading most of these scriptures for us. <clears throat> Starting uh, next Sunday night, Brother Aaron Foster will be teaching in here, and I'll move to the annex, and we'll have the same. The Joshua course will be taught in the annex to those who missed it this, this past quarter. When we think about the 12 lessons that we've had already, they've gone through and they've conquered Canaan land. They have divided up the inheritance. Last week, uh, Brother Elliot taught us about how they had 48 different Levitical cities. Each tribe had at least some of the Levitical cities in that tribe, and that was consistent with what was said in Genesis, the 49th chapter, about that the Levites being scattered out throughout all the rest of, of Israel. And in those 48 cities, there were six cities of refuge. And so there was time there for them to go beyond an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth if there was some case of accidental death. Tonight we're going to get into Joshua's farewell. Joshua knows that he's old. The Lord called him old earlier in one of our lessons, and he calls himself old in this lesson tonight. He calls the leadership together for a talk. We're going to start by looking at Joshua 23, verses 1 through 5. Now it came to pass a long time after the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua was old, advanced in age. And Joshua called for all Israel, for their elders, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age. You have seen all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he who has fought for you. See, I have divided to you by lots these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes. From the Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off as far as the great sea westward. And the Lord your God will expel them from your, before you and drive them out of your sight. So you shall possess their land and as the Lord your God promised you. Just some key points in those first five verses. You know, a long time has passed. When you think about them leaving Egypt all the way up to now they have completed the distribution of their inheritance in the promised land and now Israel is at rest. And sometimes some of the last things that a person says are important. And here Joshua is going to share some of his last words and certainly these are words of wisdom as we're going to see tonight. He, one of the things that Joshua wanted was he wanted them to remember that the Lord fought for them. And he now has an admonition to the Israelites, verses 6 through 11. Therefore, be very courageous to keep to do 
all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, lest you turn aside from it to the right hand or to the left. Unless you go among these nations, these who remain among you, you shall not make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause anyone to swear by them. You shall not serve them, nor bow down to them. But you shall hold fast to the Lord your God, as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven out before you great and strong nations. But as for you, no one has been able to stand against you to this day. One man of you shall chase a thousand, for the Lord your God is he who fights for you, as he promised you. Therefore, take careful heed to yourselves that you love the Lord your God. When you look at Joshua's admonition to the people, he goes back to what the Lord said to Joshua in Joshua the first chapter. That's be very strong. He wants them to make sure that they're careful to obey all that is in the law. It is interesting to me, I didn't put it on these bullet points, but when he talked about one soldier being able to t take care of how many of the enemy? A thousand. You know, this reminds me of one day that is a thousand years to the Lord. You know, I, I think this is, is saying that there is no enemy that was big enough to come up against an Israelite if the Lord was on the Israel, Israel side. And then he said, do not turn aside to the right or left. And there are just a multitude of scriptures that have similar th sayings in them. We're going to look at a few of those. And very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. There in chapter 1, in Deuteronomy, in two different sections, it talks about this. You shall be careful to do as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I have commanded you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. And even in Revelation, the 22nd chapter, the last book in the Bible, we get some instructions about that book and what we should do. Rick? For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. There is we find in uh, Second Chronicles, the uh, 34th chapter, uh, Joshua was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of his da father David, he did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left hand. Wouldn't it be wonderful when we stand before God in judgment that he says we did not turn to the right hand or to the left hand, but we were like Joshua and Caleb. We did everything that God commanded. Even in Proverbs, turn to the right or the left, remove your foot from evil. How could the Israelites show that they loved God? By obeying Him. 
You know, uh, Jesus said something similar to that. John 14, verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And that's one of the things that Joshua is echoing here to the people of Israel, that they need to continue to love the Lord and to show their love by not going to the right hand or to the left. And he's admonished the people there in those verses also to not associate with idol nations, to not worship idols, but to hold fast to him and be careful to live for him. There is some additional study that I would encourage you to, uh, to make. Uh, Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, is too long for us to go into in this lesson tonight, but if you want to do a real good study on the providence of God, I would encourage you to go there. there the first part of that chapter talks about the blessings that God was going to give Israel if, as they followed him, and the second part, the curses that they would endure if they turned away from him. And when you think about the different ways that God would bless them or the different ways that God would curse them, it's just a great lesson in the showing that God is alive and how God can interact not only with them in times past, but could interact with us today. Now, there is a specific warning in verses 12 and 13 about... Uh, marriages to idol worshipers. Rick? Know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations from before you but they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Do we need to switch to a different mic? You made a re-read that then. Yeah, let's... For the sake of... Uh, our audience at home. Or else indeed if you go back and cling to the remnant of these nations that these that remain among you and make marriages with them and go into them and they to you, know for certain that the Lord your God will no longer drive out these nations before you, but they shall be snares and traps to you and scourges on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. God promises curses if they intermarry. And, you know, there's just a, a key warning here that if we leave God, God's going to leave us. Verses 14 and through 16 give some of Joshua's final thoughts. Key among those are that God has kept all his promises. And then the principle, if, if you leave God, he will destroy you. Behold, this day I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one of word of them has failed. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all the good things have come upon you which the Lord your God promised you, 
So the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things until he has destroyed you from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land which he has given you. When he talks about the good land, I have this mental picture of these two men with a pole between over their shoulders and this great big cluster of grapes dragging the ground that they brought back when the 12 spies went in to spy out the land. And Joshua here is emphasizing not only that they've got this great land, this great promised land, but if they turn against God, what they have is they're going to lose. Joshua himself knew that death was imminent. He also emphasized that God's promises did not fail. And even so, all the consequences that they had been warned about would occur if they forsook him. And if they worshipped idols, they were going to perish. God is and was patient. But his patience eventually did run out. We read about it. If you go all the way over to Second Chronicles, the 36th chapter, starting in verse 15. And the Lord God of their fathers sent warnings to them by his messengers, rising up early and sending them, because he had compassion on his people and all on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people, till there was no remedy. Therefore he brought against them the king of the Chaldeans, who killed their young men with a sword in the house of their sanctuary, and had no compassion on young men or virgin, on the aged or the weak. He gave them all into his hand. And all the articles from the house of God, great and small, the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king and of his leaders, all these he took to Babylon. Then they burned the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, burned all its palaces with fire, and destroyed all its precious possessions. And those who escaped from the sword he carried away to Babylon, where they became servants to him and his sons until the rule of the kingdom of Persia, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. As long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. We're reading there about all the destruction that occurred when they were taken into Babylonian captivity. It was something that could have been avoided if they had just followed the instructions that they got from Joshua here in the last part of that book. Now we're going to move over to chapter 14 where he calls the leaders together and gives them a brief history from Abraham to the present. I know this is a rather lengthy reading, but I think it, the context is important. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants, and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess. But Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. 
Also I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them. Afterward I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out, cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time. And I brought you into the land of the Amorites, who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. And they fought with you, but I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel and sent and called Balaam the son of Beor to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam, therefore he continued to bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you, also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. There are several places in the scripture where the speaker goes back and he talks about all the things that God has done. Uh, you can see that in Nehemiah. You see it with uh, Stephen when he preached that sermon right before he was martyred. Uh, it is an important thing to go back and remember what God has done. Sometimes it's long-term, like we're looking at here. Sometimes it's short-term, like Paul did with the church at Antioch when he came back off of the missionary journeys. But I think... You know, with our families, it's important sometimes to reflect back about what has God has done in our own lives and remember that how good God is. Here in what the section we've just read, Joshua has assembled all the tribes in Shechem, and he reminds them that God's plan started, at least was revealed to man in the promises to Abraham. And he reminded them of God's protection as they left Egypt and its captivity. And he reminds them of all of God's work as they have now secured the promised land. And now, after he tells them all that God has done, he tells them, folks, it's decision time. This is probably the most uh, memorable verses, or memorable verse verse 15 of chapter 24 in Joshua. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They had to decide whether they were going to serve this God that had blessed them and delivered them in so many battles, or whether they were going to serve idol gods. 
Janita's been teaching some Old Testament uh, to the first grade class, and she was telling me they were studying about idols, and they just couldn't, the first grade just couldn't believe how, why anybody would bow down to a stick. And, you know, if it was so confusing to a first grader, why do so many adults fall into idol worship? And, and I think maybe even today we, we're falling back into idol worship. It may be power, it may be money, it may not look like one of their idols, but it's an idol just the same. And Joshua gave them not only the choice, he gave them leadership by example because he said he and his household would serve the Lord. Now there, the Israelites make a verbal commitment here in verses 16 through 18. So the people answered and said, For it be from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwelt in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Notice what they said. We will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. They're vowing that they're never going to forsake God. And Joshua challenges this verbal commitment, starting in verse 19. But Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. And the Lord and the people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve the Lord. Joshua is sort of challenging them on their verbal commitment. And he reminds them what's going to happen if they do forsake God. And But once again, the Jewish people vow to serve God. So he puts this verbal commitment in writing and then sends them off to their inheritance. So Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. Now, therefore, he said, put away the foreign gods which are among you. Incline your heart to the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God was, we will serve and his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statue and an ordinance in Shechem. Then Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. Only did the people verbally say that they were going to serve God. He had them put it in writing. Later on in history, when the people were coming back from Babylonian captivity, I believe it's in the study of Nehemiah, Nehemiah also had them make a written commitment to serve the Lord. I don't know if you've ever made a written commitment to serve the Lord. You know, just put it in writing and sign it and let it be between you and God. Joshua knew this was important. He wanted to impress upon the people that this was important. 
And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness to us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. It shall therefore be a witness to you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. So look at some of the key points here. He says, turn to God. The third time he has them vow to obey God. And Joshua made this covenant with the people, and he wrote the ordinance in the book of the Lord, and he sets up a stone as a witness. This seems to be a big thing with them. You know, they had the stone as a memorial in the middle of Jordan. They had a stone, a set of stones at Gilgal. Now they've got a stone here about their commitment to the Lord. And they're having those stones. When they see that, that's a witness or a memorial to what they've done. He lets the people rejoice. It's time now for you to go and enjoy this inheritance. And the book of Joshua ends here in verses 29 to 33. It came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried within the border of his inheritance at Tenethserah, which is in the mountains of Ephraim, on the north side of Mount Gash. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the, of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had known all the works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. The bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel had brought up out of Egypt, they buried at Shechem in the plot of ground which Jacob had bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for 100 pieces of silver, and which had become an inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, died. They buried him in a hill belonging to Phinehas, his son, which was given to him in the mountains of Ephraim. <clears throat> Joshua died at the age of 110 years. By the way, how old was Moses when he died? 120. So he's a little younger than Moses was when he died. They buried him within the border of his inheritance. <clears throat> and Israel served God all the days of Joshua. And as we just read, through all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. There's sort of a side note here that the bones of Joseph were buried in Shechem. Now those bones, when you go back to Genesis uh, chapter 50, there was a commitment made there. I am dying, but God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land to the land of which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So Joshua not only followed God, he made sure that the Israelites kept the, the word that they had made to Joseph. They carried these bones all through the wilderness. So how many years have been carrying them now? They carried them 40 years through the wilderness, and I know they battled for seven years, and this is sometime after that that they still had to spend dividing the land. 
They did. They followed the word. And it was important to them that they kept the commitment that they had made uh, to Joseph. What are some of the uh, key applications for us today from our study of Joshua? Brother Luther says that we are told in the New Testament to be ye not unequally yoked to unbelievers, and they had that same principle back here. They were talking specifically back there about marriage to idol worshipers. What what have... uh, If you had to think about what you have learned that would be applicable to your own life, can you tell me anything that you have learned from this study of the book of Joshua that you would say is applicable to your life? Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous to do what, Brother Ken? To seek the will of the Lord. Well, what does that tell you when he says, what does that imply when the Bible tells us to be strong and very courageous in our obedience to God? Janita says it's going to be hard sometimes to do that. You don't need to be strong and courageous unless the devil is throwing something at you that you need to be strong and courageous about. Is it possible to overcome what the devil throws at you? I think if we can't get anything else, let's get that from the book of Joshua, that that when God is on our side, we can defeat the devil and, and all of his various tricks. What else do you, would you, could you say you might have learned from the book of Joshua that's applicable to you? Let's go back to Ai, the defeated Ai and the victory at Ai. Is there anything in that that is applicable to us today? God sees everything. Say that again. God sees everything. God sees everything. He saw it when Achan took took of the spoils of Jericho, didn't he? What era did the Israelites make when they attacked Ai? They didn't ask for the Lord's help or ask for His advice or instructions. They just went up and looked at the city. We can take this with two or 3,000 people. Uh, Let everybody else rest. Just go for it. The application for me personally is if we're going to undertake something, that we need to ask, look for God's direction. There may be direction in His Word for us, and we need to pray for His help. That's an everyday life. Brother Luther, once again, we've got wisdom on the front seat up here. <clears throat> Says the husband and wife decisions, you need to pray about it. And amen to that. Is there anything else that you can think of in this book that are lessons for you? What about God's faithfulness to His promises? 
You know, God's made a lot of different promises, and when you think about how great the promises are, I think about poor old Peter. Lord, we've given up everything. What's it going to be in there for us? And the Lord tells him in this life a hundredfold, and in the life to come, eternal life. You know, even Peter wanted to ask that question. But when you think about the wonderful things that are in store for us, if we will be strong and courageous and follow the Lord, that should be a motivation to us to be true to God. I said be strong and courageous as you follow the Lord's word completely because life is not easy. And we've talked about seeking God's direction and help before taking action. This is another one I think that, that stood out several times. Be true to your own word because God remembers our commitments. Brother Luther says that if your word ain't no good, people don't have much trust in you. Well, God notices commitments that are made, even rash commitments. And you'll remember when uh, there was a one, one, who were the group of people that came and tricked Joshua? All right. Those Gideonites, Gibeonites. When the Gibeonites tricked them, 300 years later, you've got the Israelites destroying the Gibeonites. And God was upset with them because they did not honor Joshua's word 300 years before. And that tells me that God notices when we make a commitment or when we make a vow. And... and all through the book of Joshua, even the bringing back of Joseph's bones, that was a word commitment to Joseph. We're going to bring you back and we're going to bury you where you wanted to be buried. That was reinforced over and over that we ought to be as good as our word. Right. I, th I think there's one other thing that sort of jumps out to me, uh, and that was, and, and it goes back to the first, very first lesson that we had. We studied about Joshua before the book of Joshua, but now we can, we can see at the end of Joshua how how God spent a lot of time preparing Joshua to be the leader. Joshua was 45 years old when he took when he started being the understudy uh, for Moses. He was 45 years old. They had only been going into the wilderness 40 or they were 47 days away from having left Egypt when he became the general that was going to fight against the Amalekites. And God gives him credit for the victory, although. Moses, with the help of Aaron and her, held to hold up that rod to make the battle go forth. And then later on, Joshua is called Moses' assistant, and he goes up with him the first time on the Mount Sinai. The second time, he stays in the tabernacle while Moses goes up there. There are a couple of times in the book of Exodus 
or numbers that Joshua speaks up. One time he wants to defend Moses when other people are prophesying and Moses comes out and tells him, I hope, I wish everybody could prophesy. The second time he was with Moses and they're coming down off the mountain and he says, you know, I hear, I hear noise. It sounds like singing. They must be having a good time or something. And Moses corrects him or his idea of what the noise was was different than what Moses was. I just found it interesting that both times when, when he gave advice to Moses, he was wrong. And to me, it just tells me he was a student at that time. He was learning from Moses during all of those 40 years in the wilderness. And it just reinforces to me maybe some of the wisdom that God had in his qualifications for elders. When you think about the number of those qualifications that that don't just happen immediately after a person becomes a Christian, but but happened after a lifetime of raising a family, a lifetime of study and learning how to stand up against false teaching. And, and so it should not surprise us that there needs to be a leadership development effort that's going on in a congregation. We need to be like we've got with Lads to Leaders. It starts like with kids sing early with the kids, but it continues on to Lads to Leaders. Then as we're teaching people to how to teach in adult classes and get involved in various mission or various ministries of the congregation so that they can develop and experience some tough times, experience some leadership challenges, and, be, and prepare themselves to lead like Joshua was a leader. The Lord's Supper has been left prepared uh, in the little chapel if you did not have a time, uh, an opportunity to partake this morning. Uh, I do appreciate all of your support in this uh, study of Joshua. I hope that you got something that will help you personally from it. Would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful, Father, for you giving us this account of the children of Israel capturing the promised land. We know that you had given it to them even before they started. And their inheritance was just dependent on their obedience. We pray that we would learn from this and that we would be obedient to you so that we can have an eternal inheritance with you. We ask your blessings to be upon the Boonville congregation. We ask your blessings to be upon every work for good that we do. We love you, Father. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.